Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. today on a subject that I feel very strong in my spirit about. I want to talk to you about the one thing the enemy can't take. One thing that the enemy cannot take. Revelation chapter 19 verse 1 through verse 6 says it this way after these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying hallelujah salvation and glory and power belong to the Lord our God go on next 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 next, next slide verse 3 let's skip to slip slide 3 again they said hallelujah her smoke rises up forever and ever and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God and sat to the throne and sat on the throne saying amen alleluia then a voice came from the throne saying praise our God all you his servants and those who fear him both small and great verse 6 and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying alleluia the Lord God omnipotent reigns now here here's something you need to understand first he heard people then he heard four and twenty elders then he heard a great multitude you see the crescendo that's going to happen on the other side I wonder what churches are going to be the starters of the praise that surrounds the throne of God is this church going to be one of the starters are we going to be the spark that begins the praise around the throne that's all I want to know or are we going to have to wait till the end to get involved when the whole multitude becomes involved I want this church to be on the front line starting praise on the other side of the rainbow one thing the devil can't take. God bless you. You may be seated. It's 15 till. By five after, I'll be coming to a conclusion. I want to bless the Arndt family today. Sister Arndt lost her mom on Monday, buried her yesterday, and I give them my condolences and my love and my blessings today. Dale and Julie wrote me a beautiful card that was unbelievable. And in that card, they put a song they used to sing when they sang together with their guitar in church a long time ago. They, 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 they sent this song, This World Is Not My Home. I'm just passing through. You know, if you don't sing that song and just read that song in a songbook somewhere, it'll make you jump and holler. It is an awesome thing to read. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me 
from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. On a good side, in second service today, there is a lady named Selma Poppy who's going to be in church today in second service that the doctor over two and a half, three months ago gave her two weeks to live. And she's going to be in church today to magnify the name. Great things happening at Christian Life Church. Wednesday night, we're back in service. We're doing a series on motivation. I want you to be here if at all possible. The Apostle John was exiled on an island called Patmos. The government that banished him there intended on the remoteness and the solitude to drive him crazy. Patmos was the bottom of the penal system. A colony of misfits and incorrigibles made up that area. But instead of making John go crazy, the Bible teaches that John found the gateway to an open heaven. John saw a revelation of things to come, of things that will happen in the afterlife. In John's revelation, he saw the Lord sitting high upon a throne. That was the centerpiece of all that was in heaven. And as John looked at the throne, he noticed that worship encircled round about the throne of the Lamb. Completely encompassing the throne and the Lamb, the worship and the praise was constant and it was full. Amen. The John we see here had gone a long time in the revelation seeing the bad and the ugly that was to come after the church age had ceased. From chapter 6 and the six seals to the good of the sealing of the 12 tribes of Israel, 144,000, to the chapter 8 and 9 and the six trumpets that would blow and all that will come upon the earth, to the two witnesses in chapter number 11 slain in the streets of Jerusalem, then resurrected, to the beast out of the bottomless pit, to the seven plagues and the seven vials of God's wrath, to the woman and the scarlet beast. All these things may sound like hieroglyphics to you, and it may sound very foreign in my language, but the mother of harlots was there. Enough to drive a sane man crazy. Enough to drive a man already encapsulated and captured by a island where nobody lived but the incorrigibles and the down and outers. But here he was seeing all the bad stuff. He saw so much. But it's after this, the Bible said. Revelation 19 says, and after this, after this, after all the tough stuff, after all the trumpets, after all the vials, after all the beasts, after all the antichrist, after all the trumpets, after all the things that were negative, after all the things that wanted to destroy the baby born, after all the things that happened negatively, it was all after that that he heard worship. I think that if there's anything that John could place in the Bible any more specifically, I don't know where he could place it any more beautifully than right there. After all this, I heard worship. It's an amazing thing, the heart and the character of human beings. It's an amazing thing, the bloodline of the redeemed. Because you can put them in a tunnel. You can lock them in caves. You can string them up and put them on body stretchers. 
You can read about them in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. But when they turned their face toward heaven, you're going to hear something out of them that is not complaining. It is not reminiscing. It is not feeling sorry for themselves. You're going to hear a sound of worship coming out of those people because there's something deeper inside than there is externally fighting what they have in God. Say amen to that. So he first heard people saying, hallelujah. I know the Bible says hallelujah, but we call it hallelujah. It's the international word. It's the word that's known all around the world, spoken the same way. Then four and 20 elders said, hallelujah. Then a great multitude said, hallelujah. And John, in his revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, showed us four. I want you to count them, four, four hallelujahs. Why four, pastor? Because four is the number of the earth. There's four corners. There's four directions, four points. The earth is the number four. And what God showed John was four worship settings, something to cover every corner. Oh, I want to preach today. Every corner of our earth. Only four as if to say, John... This is all the hallelujahs that you're ever going to need. I'm going to give you one for the north. I'm going to give you one for the south. I'm going to give you one for the east. I'm going to give you one for the west. I'm going to put four hallelujahs in heaven to let everybody in this world know that no matter where you are in life, no matter what road you're walking today, there is a hallelujah that God has reserved for you to say to him today. Would you clap your hands? Would you praise him and say hallelujah? I read about an old preacher one time that used to, when he got older, took a young scribe with him to read the Bible because he could not read. His vision was going dim. And he took a young man, a scribe, to read the Bible for him. And so the young man would go and he would read the Bible. And, and he noticed that the young man's vigor was not, was not matching his vigor. Even though he was 85 years of age, the young man's vigor was kind of... And he turned to him one day and he said, Son, I want you to read Revelation 19. And he said, okay, sir. He said, I want you to read verses 1 through verse 6. He said, and when you read it, tell me what you read. And so the young man read it. And he said, sir, I see some worship going on. He said, exactly, exactly, exactly. He said, I, I want to ask you something. Where is that located? He said, at the end of the book. He said, exactly, exactly. He said, son, here's what I've been sensing in you. You've been fading out on your amens and hallelujahs. And you can't fade out toward the end of the Bible on your amens and your hallelujahs. Does anybody on this Memorial Day morning have an amen or a hallelujah still in you today? Anybody? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. If there's one thing the devil can't take, he can't take people that are praising the Lamb of God. He can't handle atmospheres of worship. He can't handle atmospheres of thanksgiving because he understands there's a higher power than what he is. There's a greater glory than what he brings. There's something more awesome in the world than what he can deliver to you. He can't take it when we go to magnifying. 
That's why he battles the music program. That's why he battles the preaching ministry. That's why he comes against you as children of God. He thinks if he afflicts you, he'll take away your worship. But I'm going to give you four reasons here today why you should continue to say hallelujah. The first of the Lord's hallelujahs is for salvation. Put it up there, salvation. They said, hallelujah, he delivers from sin. I'm not going to berate these and, and ad-lib these and make it emotional for you today, but has anybody ever been delivered from sin? Has anybody ever tasted the bad side and then tasted the good side? Oh, somebody help me right now. Has anybody ever been in the depths of sin and then to the heights of blessing and you're living on the hallelujah side right now? Would you like to say hallelujah because he saves? Amen. Tom, this week in the SMART program, baptized 23 brand new people this week in the SMART program. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an awesome thing to understand that we've got something to say hallelujah about? Amazing grace that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That is a hallelujah that ought to come out of every one of our hearts. Say, so what don't anything to praise him for? Yeah, praise him because he saved you. Praise him because he's a savior. Praise him because salvation reigns in your life. Praise him. Give him a hallelujah today. Give him a hand clap. Amen. And then the second hallelujah is for his severity because Babylon is cast down and the Antichrist is defeated. Not only does he save you from, he defeats what's held you. I wish I could get somebody to get on that second hallelujah with me because there's some people don't think the Lord did a good enough job on their salvation. But I'm here to declare to you when he saves you, he also defeats what held you. He said, I'm almost ready to preach. He said, be of good cheer when he arose. I have overcome the world. And greater things than these shall you do. I'm going to tell you something. Not only is he a savior, he's severe. Not on you, but on the thing that tried to hold you. The Antichrist is defeated. Babylon has fallen. God is alive and he's worth a hallelujah in your life today. Wow. 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 Now I'm going to tell you something. Now you hear me right now. If I was preaching a camp or a conference somewhere, this is what I'd be preaching. Why on Memorial Day weekend? Because I wanted all you folks that are here to hear the best I could give you this morning. And I want you to walk out of here feeling it's a Memorial Day weekend and we had a memorialized service. Everybody say hallelujah. The third is for his sovereignty. Say hallelujah. Heaven and earth agree. The angels and the elders agree. That he does all things well. (laughs) 
Well, I don't know about your daddy, but my heavenly father does all things well. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of light in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Wow, he is an awesome God. As Polycarp said when they tied him to the stake to burn him alive, they said, you have anything to say about him? He said, yes, he has never done me nothing but good. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you're going through in your life. It doesn't matter who has left you in your life and who's walked out of your world. You've got a hallelujah. That may be in your southern coast, but you've got a hallelujah because he does all things well. All things well. Hey, hey, has he ever healed you? He does it well. I wonder if Sister Selma Poppy's going to be rejoicing this morning because the Lord is a healer. I wonder if Rob Condry's still rejoicing because God's a healer. I wonder if people, if people like the little triplet boys that were born and one of them was not supposed to live and another one's supposed to live and now all three of them are doing well. Little Vinny and Victor and Vicente, they're all doing well today. You know why? Because God does all things well. God does all things well. He's worth a hallelujah. And the fourth one is for his supremacy. Everybody say, he's supreme. supreme. Hallelujah. You know what that means? He's in control. He rules and he reigns. Everybody say, salvation. salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, severity. severity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, sovereignty. sovereignty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, supremacy. He's in control. He rules. He reigns. I've given you four hallelujahs. That's all the hallelujahs you'll ever need in your life. Whatever your need is. He's a savior. He casts down the enemy. Hallelujah. He heals. He does all things well. And he reigns in my life. Say amen. Say amen. I think it's so enormously big. Second Chronicles, I'm going to bring it to you very quickly. Chapter 5 and verse 13. In the New Living Translation, there is a beautiful thing that transpires in Solomon's temple. They have just built that temple. And they're going to dedicate that temple. And all of a sudden, something happens because when praise is invoked in people's life, the trumpeters and the singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to God, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments. And they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And when they got as one voice and one instrument singing and praising God, the Bible said, at that moment. You see that right there? At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. If you want the blessing and the, and, the, and the glory of the Lord to come into this church, if you get together with your husband or wife, you get together with your neighbor beside you, and you start having some hallelujah choruses come out of your soul, and you start having some praise roll out, at that moment, you hear me, at that moment, 
The Bible said the priests could not minister. They couldn't even walk into the house of the Lord. You know why? Because at that moment, everything is gone. There's no enemy fighting you. There's no devil to face tomorrow. Everything is in, 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 in a beautiful levitated state, if I can say that, because God elevates a church that praises him to a point where the only thing that matters is a cloud of glory that comes into this house and magnifies the name of the Lord. If you want to be alleviated, if you want to be non-traumatized, if you want to be victorious today, you need to get some hallelujahs. You need to get some praise in you because the cloud of glory accompanies praise. The devil can't take our praise. At that moment, at that moment, I was reading. Philip Levine is a poet laureate, and I was reading some of his life, some of his story, and he made a statement that I want you to never forget. You might want to write it down. I didn't put it on the screen. He made this statement. He's a poet laureate. He said, what I would ask you to do is find your voice before you find your subject. Find your voice before you find your subject. For if you find your voice, you can speak on any subject. Let me say it again. Find your voice before you find your subject. For if you find your voice, you can speak on any subject. What he is saying is before you start talking about how bad it is, find your voice. And if you find your voice, in other words, of praise, if you find that voice, it does not matter what the subject is, you'll find your subject. For if you find your voice, you can speak on any subject. Here's what I interpret that to be. If you find your praise before you find your pity, if you find your praise before you find your pouting, if you find your praise before you find what's wrong in your life, when that praise comes out, you can speak on any subject that hell wants to throw. Oh, my God. You can throw anything at hell, and hell cannot take it away from you because your praise is paramount in your life. My, 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 my. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Genesis chapter 29, verse 31 through 35. There's a story there that is so beautiful. Leah was a woman that bore children for Jacob because Rachel was barren. And her first son that was born was named Reuben. Reuben. And uh, Reuben, his name meant I am afflicted. And Jacob's first wife, who really was nothing more than just a servant to him, honest to God, even though she was his first wife. But his name was Reuben, and she said, I am afflicted. The second son was born named Simeon. She said, I am hated. The third son born was Levi. She said, he will love me now. And the fourth son born was Judah, which means I will praise the Lord. Now watch this. And the Bible said she quit childbearing when she had Judah. She quit childbearing, no more sons. Because God said, you've caught the message. Once you've had a son of praise... You understand what brings Messiah. 
Oh, let me preach a little bit right now. Let me preach. I, I'm, I'm beside myself right now. I could absolutely go crazy right now, but I'm trying to stay Methodist. I'm trying to stay Baptist here right now. But once you have birthed the son of praise in your life, once you have birthed it, you understand what brings Messiah to your shores. Because Leah had Judah. Judah was the lineage of David. David was the lineage of the Messiah. And the Messiah is the lineage that we all worship here today. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you birth the son of praise, you birth Messiah. Here's what I want to say. You cannot go around saying, wow, poor pitiful me, I'm afflicted. You can't go around saying nobody likes me. You can't go around saying I wonder if anybody loves me. You've got to birth praise out of your soul. You've got to birth praise out of your system. And when you birth praise out of your system, you're birthing a Messiah, a Messiahship that only Jesus Christ can bring to your life. So I preach there's one thing the devil can't take is your hallelujahs. Now let me put it on the other side. There's one thing the enemy cannot take from you. And that's your hallelujahs. Pastor, the devil stole my worship. No, he didn't. You gave it to him. No, no, no. The devil can't take your worship. He can't take your hallelujahs. You gave it to him. You put it in his hand and said, here, I'm not going to worship anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. No, 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 no. As long as there's a halle in you, God will give you the luya. <laughs> as, long, as long as you're saying, Lord, I need a little help, but I'm going to give you a praise today. Hell cannot take away your praise. It cannot stop your praise. It cannot take away your praise. It's yours. God gave it to you. Hell can't take away what God gave. Hell can't steal what God gave to you. Never, never, never give him your praise. Judah brings Messiah. Messiah brings deliverance. Deliverance brings freedom. I close today. Two men that I know, and when I say I know them, I know them fairly well. One is named Dyson. The other is named Parks. They were residents of Little Rock, Arkansas in about the same time frame. One of the men named Dyson attended a church in North Little Rock, and he was the richest man in that church, the most awesome man in that church he gave and he gave and he gave and he gave until it hurt. He was a furniture maker. And he had made it outside of Little Rock and outside of Arkansas. And he was becoming a nationwide furniture builder. And the business flourished. The business moved greatly. And so with all of his money, with all of his wealth, he was a... Christian on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And he gave to the church and he always was a worshiper. It's amazing when wealthy people can be worshipers. You're talking about a combination. Somebody said, well, if I had what they had, I'd worship too. No, no, no. All you got to do is worship. All you got to do is worship. 
It don't matter what you have. If you're a worshiper, God hears you. And John Dyson was a man who worshiped. The other man was named Parks. Parks. And Brother Parks was a man who moved and matriculated from Mississippi up to Little Rock, Arkansas. And Brother Parks was one of the poorest men, men that ever walked in the church. In fact, on their way to Little Rock from Mississippi moving, one of his daughters died and he had to stop and ask for help. He buried that daughter in a pauper's grave. He could not even afford her funeral. But he walked in to a North Little Rock church and one of the wealthiest men in all of Little Rock made him his friend. And side by side on Sunday morning, Dyson and Parks would magnify the Lord one couldn't pay his rent and the other owned anything he wanted and they praised the Lord together but time has a way of working things time has a way of changing things Brother Parks went to work for a place called Western Sizzling Steakhouse worked himself up to a manager and then before you know it, he had the money saved to buy a Western Sizzling Steakhouse. And because he had a tithing principle, his Western Sizzling Steakhouse became the number one steakhouse in all of North America of Western Sizzlings. And before Brother Parks finished, he had owned 67 Western Sizzling Steakhouses. 67 of them. And now if you go to Florida, you go down to Alabama, some of the southern states, you'll see Parks Family Restaurant. That's the man I'm talking about. But he had nothing when he came in. But he sat beside a man who had everything. But in the process of him gaining, Brother Dyson began to lose. And they never quit sitting beside each other. They served on the same church board together. And Brother Dyson began to lose his fortune and Brother Parks began to gain his Brother Dyson never lost his hallelujah. And Brother Parks never lost his hallelujah. Two of the finest men that ever walked in a church. One a pauper, one a millionaire. And then before it was over, it was switched. One a millionaire now and one very poor. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that it doesn't matter if you're here or here. There's four hallelujahs need to be in your soul today. Because there's one thing the devil cannot take. There's one thing the devil cannot take. He can't take my hallelujah. He can't take my hallelujah. He can't take my hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Just remain standing. You that are standing, you that are not, you can keep seated or you can stand, whatever you want to do. It's, it's, it's a holiday. 
There are three rivers in North America that flow north. I find that very interesting. There are three rivers that flow north. One is the St. John's River, one is the Mahongahela River, and one is the Williamette River. Three rivers that flow north. That's amazing. Everything flows downward. But there's three rivers that defy all of that, and they flow north. And I got to researching them, and I got to seeing that elevation. Listen, elevation in some rivers, the downside is north, and so the water can flow upward when it should be flowing toward the gulf and toward the oceans east and west. But three of them flow north. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There are people in church today that although everything's going south, they're headed north. Although everything is going downhill, they're going north. Let's go to Habakkuk. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 3. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 3. He said, well, I got to get my glasses on because they didn't make it large enough for me. This is what he said. This is what Habakkuk said. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, and though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the field, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. Pastor, the old saying says, everything's going south in my world, but you can flow north. You hear me? You can reach up because there's one thing the devil can't take. He can't take our praise, but there's one thing he can't take away also. He can't take away my praise. So I've got something in me. I've got more hallelujahs in me. And whatever state I find myself in, I've got a hallelujah. I've got a hallelujah. I've got a hallelujah. I've got to thank you, Lord. I've got to praise. I've got a salutation. I've got a glorious answer. I can bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Would you open up your mouth now and clap your hands all over this house? And would you praise him from the bottom of your heart? Come on. Give him some hallelujahs right now. Give him some hallelujahs right now. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.